Jeff Antoniak here, Digging Deeper Jazz Series, video number four, Jazz is Boring. I'm going to talk to you about that. Um, an exercise that I like to call three gears, as in gear shift on a car, and we're going to be looking at the song Solar by Miles Davis just a little bit. So um, this idea of jazz is boring. I'm just saying that I have had that experience, and whether it's a middle school band or whether it's me paying 90 bucks at a big jazz club, I have been bored listening to jazz more than a little, and I'm not the only one. So uh, this should not be you as a player. Do not do that to me. Do not bore me with your playing, and we're gonna talk about how to do that today. And I'm talking about no matter what your level is, beginner, intermediate, advanced. So before we get going, I want to just sort of address this Digging Deeper series. So the idea is we're all coming, you know, to, to this place with whatever our experience is, how many years. It could be decades and decades. It could be a couple years of experience. And the direction we've been going has gotten us here, right? For many of us, we've been digging a lot of holes. That's my analogy. That's my thesis that we all dig 20, 30, 40, 100 holes, different things we're practicing. We practice this for a bit. We practice that for a bit. We practice that for a bit. What I am suggesting here is we dig a couple deeper holes, right? So this idea of practicing 20 different things has gotten us to where we're at. It's great. It's fine. But you're obviously listening to this video because you're looking for something different. That's what I was looking for in my playing and also in my teaching. So what I'm suggesting here is we need a paradigm shift. We need to think about this differently. And if you follow me through this series, we're going to talk about how to dig some deep holes that really matter and you're going to hear noticeable changes in your playing. That's the whole point. So if you've dug a hundred holes, don't dig 20 more. That's not going to do any good, right? That's not going to get you better. We've proven that that is sort of slow. Great. We've gotten to where we're at with that, but maybe it's time for a change, right? We're agreed on that. So don't dig 20 more. I'd say dig 90 fewer holes, right? So focus what we're practicing and be really deep with it. That's what we're doing differently here. And frankly, that's the way I teach in jazz band masterclass the ongoing classes that I do for adult amateurs here in the Washington DC area in uh, Maryland summer jazz. That's our approach, digging deeper, digging fewer holes, but getting really intense about it. And by the way, speaking of jazz band masterclass, I'm starting two new classes in the summer of 2017. There's the first couple new classes we've done in quite a while. So if you're in this area, please let me know. By the way, I have people that regularly drive two, three, seven hours Hmm. Seven hours one way to play in these classes. That's astounding because people are coming from all up and down the East Coast because there's nothing for them in the town that they live in. So I, I love that people are so dedicated. If this is of interest to you, drop me a line, jeffantoniak at gmail.com. Here's the other thing. If you're living in other cities around the country, we are training people in these other towns. So in Sarasota, Florida, in Philadelphia, in New York City, in Bethesda, Maryland, we've got people doing this stuff. If I didn't just name the city you're in, send me an email and let me know, hey Jeff, we need this in San Diego, we need this in LA, we need this in Cincinnati, and we'll get somebody doing this work for you. So that's very, very important to us and we want to help you do this kind of practice in a community. All right, let's move on. Jazz is boring. Sure can be. Um, and now be honest, have you had that experience? I'm sure I'm like really pissing people off with the name of this video. 
Uh, but if you're honest, you have had that experience and more than a little, I would hazard a guess, right? Why is that the case? Why is jazz only 1% of the listening audience in the United States? Why so little? There's a lot of, you know, a lot of examples. It's had its day. It's not the pop music. It doesn't reflect culture. Yeah, yeah, I get it. 1%? Uh, I think we could do a little bit better than that. So we need to learn how to tell a story. And that's one of the classic things when people talk about jazz. Oh yeah, they're telling a story. Eesh, I think we can do a better job. That's what we're gonna talk about today. Um, now we don't have lyrics to deal with when we're pay playing these instruments, right? So it's that much harder telling a story. We, we really have to be clear, right? Um, jazz players are guilty of playing too dang many notes, especially us tenor sax players, guilty. Um, and or not developing our solos. If we're playing constant notes, it's kind of hard to develop, right? You have to be a master of harmony if you're gonna take that route. So I'll say that most beginners have a problem developing their solos just due to lack of vocabulary. They don't really know what to play next, right? Um, and I would say more advanced players, grad students, semi-pros, plenty of pros that I've heard, uh, have a hard time developing their solos because they have too much vocabulary. They love using all their big words and it's like nonstop big words. It's tickling their brain, but the poor audience out there is getting beat to death. Have you had this experience? I've had that experience. And I'm talking about from name brand people at big jazz clubs and everything too. It's not just amateurs that sort of get that wrong on occasion. So, tricky. So I would say this is about editing. So this idea of three gears, I want you to have three gears. And the most powerful tool you have is editing. So let's talk about that. Now I'm talking about if you're a beginner player, I'm talking about if you're a pro. This approach is gonna work, and that's why it's so powerful, okay? So the idea is we wanna build a solo. So most people, when I say build your solo, they're thinking I'm here and oh my God, I need to build. And I need to build more. Well, I don't know what to play next, and now I need to build more. No, nope, you're going about it wrong. If this is where you normally play, don't start there. Start there. So we need to edit. So here's going to be my example. Let's say you're, I'm going to play this song Solar by Miles Davis. It's a short form, 16-measure form tune. So I'm going to play three choruses just to hopefully keep it simple and uh, easy to hear. Uh, my first chorus, I'm not going to play what I want to play. I'm gonna play a very dialed back, edited down version of what my instincts tell me. My instincts are not good. Don't use those. Your instincts are not so good either. Your instincts are like, yeah, let me play this thing. Nope, not yet. That's your second chorus. So first chorus, you edit and play less than you typically would. Set, that's first gear, right? Second gear, you get to play whatever you were gonna play in the first place. Third gear is now we're going to push ourselves a little harder. And so what does that mean? It maybe means we play faster. Maybe, maybe we can't play faster. Maybe we play louder. Maybe we use some harmonic devices to amp up the harmony. Maybe we use some cool rhythmic devices. Whatever it is, leave something for third gear. So it's about editing, right? Like I'm not going to, in this 12-minute video, teach everybody five new harmonic devices. That's unrealistic. And this year, I'm not realistically, nor is any teacher gonna teach you five brand new harmonic devices you're gonna have at your disposal. What I'm gonna teach you is how in 10 minutes to be a less boring, better player. So, 
three gears. So let me do this. I'm gonna play the melody to Solar just so you can hear you know, that 16 measure form. Then I'm gonna play three choruses. The first chorus I'm gonna do my best to edit. This is hard for me. I'm gonna play less than I want to, whatever that means. The second chorus is gonna be more like what I probably wanted to play in the first place. My third chorus is I'm gonna push myself a little further. And I hope you're gonna hear that the solo builds. There's, there's some dynamic build. Is this the only shape a solo can have? Low, middle, high? No, it's a classic shape, but just thinking about it is the important thing. Just having the ability to have three gears, then you can use them in whatever order you want, right? Solar, here we go. to do a video, make sure your G-sharp key isn't sticking like mine was, <laughs> but that was opportune. In the first, uh, I didn't have my F-sharp concert in the melody. That was the wrong note you heard. Uh, <laughs> so it was good because when I was supposed to be editing in my first chorus, I took the horn out of my mouth and got that key free. So uh, that was the best thing that could have happened to me because it literally made me stop. That first chorus, all I was saying to myself is, Jeff, stop. Jeff, take the horn out of your mouth. Jeff, take a breath. Jeff, listen what comes next. That's what you should be doing. Take the piano out of your mouth. Take the guitar out of your mouth. Um, editing. Second chorus was more like what I would have played anyway if I hadn't had that forethought. And in the third chorus, I just tried to bring something new. Now, again, that's... You, you, all you have to do is save something. Now, I hope this gets frustrating, like, God, I don't have anything for a third chorus. Good, well, now you have a reason to practice or to transcribe or to develop something or to go back to one of the previous videos, right? You need to develop a third gear. Here's the other thing I'm gonna say. For drummers, you need to have three ways to play. A first gear to help the soloist, a second gear to kick him along, and a third gear, some overdrive. Guitar players and piano players, you need to have three ways to comp this tune. It could be different style voicings, third voicings going to fourth voicings. It could be a two beat going to swinging four. You need to have different ways to accompany. Now playing with a track like this, the rhythm section wasn't a lot of help to me. They were playing at one level, I had to do it myself. That is the value of a fabulous rhythm section that knows how to listen, not only listen, kick me in the butt and make me play more than I was gonna play. It's much easier to do with like a real live rhythm section. So okay, how are you gonna practice this? Doesn't really matter what song you're playing on, I just want you to think about building. And that begins with your first three notes. 
you need to edit those first couple notes. If you come in playing everything you know, and if you do that for even two or three measures, you're done, you're committed, you have to keep it there. You can't come back, that's hard to do. Come in swinging and then pull back. And that's a tricky one. So you're, you need to be aware when you start, right? So here's what I want you to do. So when you practice, if you're using, you know, I'm using the iReal Pro here, uh, send me a sponsorship, send me money, I mentioned your name, um, or whatever it is, Aversolds, play along. Here's the thing. Set yourself how many courses you're going to play. That's weird. That's a weird thing to do. But don't just play unlimited courses till the power goes out or till the phone rings. Set yourself, I'm going to play four courses and really create a solo for, in four courses. Have a peak. Think about where that's going to be. And just train that part of your brain. Here's the other thing. End your solo. So many people that come to me who have been practicing at home in their basements for years don't know how to end an, a solo. They just run out of air or their wife calls them up for dinner or something. That ain't ending a solo. So that's one of the things, again, that we practice in masterclass, jazz band masterclasses. How do we end a solo? Well, how about this? Practice ending your solos, right? So that's the second thing I want you to do. So it's editing. It's setting a number of choruses in the sense that I want you to build, right? Don't just meander through the changes 20 times, okay? So it requires this bit of forethought. So like I said earlier, this is a how exercise. It's how we're playing, how we're thinking. And this can literally make us more intriguing, more interesting, more conversational, less boring, right? That's what this video is about. And this can do it very quickly. And it starts with your first handful of notes in the first course. That's where it happens or doesn't, okay? So you can really sound twice as good. I'm talking about beginners as well, right? Because a beginner has X number of vocabulary. Just don't use all that to begin with. Believe it or not, this works at all levels. But frankly, I think it works for the higher level folks who have too much vocabulary, if you want to put it that way. Got it? So this, again, is exactly the kind of thing we work on in the community setting of Jazz Band Masterclass, our, our weekly sessions. So if you're interested in that, uh, the new classes, summer of 2017, let me know. We have some current openings now, but the new classes are pretty exciting. Um, and Maryland Summer Jazz, our summer workshop that happens uh, every July. I'll put the websites for those in the show notes. So anyway, thank you for tuning in. I love jazz. Good jazz shouldn't be boring. Don't bore your audience, please. All right. Thank you very much. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, Jeff Antoniak Educator, new video every week. It's always free. I don't charge for information. This is information. This is out there for everybody. So I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate your uh, commitment to this stuff and commitment to this great music. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.